Well, it is another Sunday night here, and it is time to talk to another great star of the adult era. This time we're going back a little bit. We're going back to uh, maybe early 70s for this, and John Martin is with us. John, how are we doing today? Uh, very well, thank you. Are you getting all untangled from your cords there? <laughs> Looks like you're trying to battle them a little bit. Yeah, trying to get them over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it is just fantastic to have you here. You know, today I didn't really know if we were going to do this because it's a 4th of July holiday, but uh, a lot of people said, hey, yeah, let's just do this, and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just take care of this today. So let me get uh, uh, another person in the room. Anyway, hey, uh, it's great to have uh, last week's guest. He was just, he's a glutton for punishment. He's coming back for more Richard Pacheco's with us. The ghost of Richard Pacheco. <laughs> I come to pay homage to me buddy, uh, John Martin. How you doing, Howie? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm at home. There you are, okay. <laughs> I couldn't find I you in the Hollywood Squares here. No, I see that you're uh, on a, and your beautiful office there. I am. I am. Hey, congratulations. Big day for you. Yeah, it is. Well earned. For those who well, don't know, uh, uh, John was on the Rialto Report today. So if you have a chance to go to the Rialto Report, excellent story. Uh, you told an excellent story. And I guess the nice thing about it is it wasn't, you know, and of course there's, like I always there's one bad jelly bean in every batch. But but you talked about all the good jelly beans. That's right. Didn't want to talk about the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing was on your lunch hour working for the railroad, you just drive the train up north and then go make a porno for the afternoon and come back. That's right. <laughs> well, it wasn't meant as that. I just was going up there to see a bunch of friends. That's yeah, all. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your career, and uh, of course, we start out pretty much behind the green door, and that's just uh, an iconic movie. Uh, it sure is, you know, and I had a great time doing it. Um, one of the things I did pick up from that, uh, from your interview, is uh, uh, somewhat how imposing Johnny Keyes was. Well, he was impo I wouldn't really say he was imposing. He was just standoffish. He had a very, very good feeling about himself, but he wasn't, um, he wasn't rude in any way. Right. Uh, over the course of the years, I used to see him in Sausalito at the No Name Bar, and he would be there playing piano, singing, very nice. He came over and said, hello, uh, very nice, very nice chap. But, but at the kind of onset, he really didn't break character too much. Then. He was pretty uh, much... Yeah, he more. stayed within himself, certainly, he stayed within himself. How just I know we've had a lot of discussions uh, in our country right now, and I don't want to make this into that. But um, how hard would it have been for a, for a black man like Johnny uh, to have a scene like that? That that had to cross a lot of barriers. It did cross a lot of barriers, and as you probably know, there were very very few uh, black performers, uh, let alone uh, black people on the crew. Um, as far as crew goes, the, the major one that I always think of is uh, my, my good friend Carly e, uh, uh, Easton, uh, who, who did, uh, did sound. He was a gaffer, and he was a great guy. I, I still talk to him on Facebook every once in a while. As far as the kids in front of the camera, of course, there was Johnny Keys. Uh, he was the very first. And uh, then as far as the ladies were concerned, um, there was Angel Kelly. 
who the Rialto Report just did a thing on last week. And she was a good friend. Uh, worked with her a few times. And then FM Bradley and um, and Billy Dees. And uh, Billy Dees and I were, were good, good friends. Uh, I didn't know FM that well. But uh, he was a man of controversy, to say the very least. <laughs> uh, a, a great picture I saw in, you, in the Rialto Report um, was a picture of you and Herschel Savage and Joey Silvera. What a nice picture that was. That was great. It was uh, taken down in Los Angeles. And um, I was down in L.A. doing uh, the Pixar exhibit uh, at Seagraph, uh, which is a trade show I worked for. And... Um, I called Cass Paley. Cass Paley wanted to get me in front of the camera and ask a few questions. I was happy to do it. And uh, we arranged a lunch with Cass and Joey and uh, Herschel. And, uh, man, we had a great time. It was a lovely afternoon. Oh, good. And um, as far as the autographs go, this is kind of our autograph group where we're all collectors. And, of course, it's been so great to get some uh, posters and photos signed from you. I've got... Uh, Nurses of the 407, that is uh, a classic. Uh, probably the favorite scene in there is when uh, they're having mail call and uh, PT is, is reading a letter from your wife to you while you're on top of Tigra. Uh, Tigra, right. Tigra, and right. Uh, so you're on top of her taking care of business. And um, he says, and she sent along a wallpaper pattern that she wants you to pick out. <laughs> And she lays it on your back while you're going up and down. <laughs> that had to be a, one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. So, and let's bring a couple other folks into uh, into the mix here. Patrick was one of our first ones to get in the room today. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, how are you? Good. John, I, I was reading your Rialto report um, interview today, and you, you talked about when you did behind the green door and how you felt like it was going to be revolutionary. Um, it was going to be something unique in the industry. <clears throat> you were obviously very young when you did that movie. It was one of your first. What, what was it about that production that just made you feel like it was going to change things? Well, prior to Green Door, um, basically the industry consisted of loops <clears throat> and very, very small little pictures, you know. Uh, there was nothing major. There was no major production being done. And it wasn't until uh, the Mitchells did Green Door and then, of course, Damiano, he came out with Deep Throat and later with uh, The Devil and Miss Jones that it really exploded. And I could tell from being on the set that this wasn't, this wasn't come by night. This was something that was uh, substantial. It was going to be something. If they promoted it correctly, it was going to go. And they promoted it, and it went. Now, were you surprised? I mean, you said you knew that it was going to be something big, and it took some time between the making of the film and the, and the time that it actually hit the theaters and became a phenomenon. Um, when that happened, were you surprised? Uh, no, not really, because this was the first film where they actually show, uh, you know, exhibited hardcore. Um, it hadn't been done before. And so just from that fact, you knew that this was going to be a big deal because nobody had done it. Mm -hmm. It's a great story. 
I'm glad you checked out the Rialto report. Uh, I was very pleased with it, I must say. Uh, the folks, Ashley and April, they did a fantastic job. They're very, very sweet people. And uh, I have nothing but good to say about them. It was a great interview, very informative, great history. And they usually need, they, they don't leave any stone unturned. They go for everything. <laughs> oh, they took me back to places I haven't even thought about. <laughs> you know? All right. Hey, Charles is in kind of in your uh, in your neighborhood. Charles, what's going on there in San Francisco? Not much. Having a nice day. Went to the farmers market my in my area. So I live in the inner in the inner Richmond. Ah. So. I used to live in the Castro years ago on Dolores Street. Okay, I lived on where did I live? I lived on Twenty Second Street for a while back. There you go. That's not far. <laughs> So, sort of Noe Valley Mission, kind of on the border between the two. Right. So, what did I, re I read? God, I read, I was, like, fascinated because I read, like, a little bit of your bio. I didn't see the um, the, the thing, but I, now I want to. So, you worked as a train engineer? Uh, yeah, so I started out as a, as a switchman uh, for the railroad, and um, what happened is I got laid off, and... Uh, that's when I answered the ad in the San Francisco Chronicle for the Mitchell brothers. And, okay. Um, hey, Pat, my screen just went black. Oh, if you just uh, wiggle your mouse, I bet it'll come back. Yeah. No, no, your mouse, your mouse on the screen. Oh, right. okay. Okay, we got it back. All right, there you go. He's been wiggling his mouse for years. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, ain't that the truth, Howie? <laughs> we both have. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's see where were we? So I answered this ad in the Chronicle, and uh, that was my introduction to the Mitchell brothers. Uh, I laid, I kept working for the railroad for years, for years. I put in 15 years with the railroad, and uh, eventually, eventually became a locomotive engineer. Because that was kind of, like, fascinating to me because I'm, like, trying to figure out how do you go from, like, working for a railroad to doing adult movies? And was, like, that just – did they know at the, the – did they know, know that you were doing adult movies at the same time? Uh, no, they didn't, but they came to find out. Okay. They came to find out. And I, I'd made Green Door, obviously. And, right. And uh, – I worked uh, midnights in South San Francisco, and okay. one, of the, one of the guys that was on our crew uh, was a good friend of the family and my dad and everything else, and he went to my dad, and he says, uh, hey, my wife and I were just at the O'Farrell. We saw Jerry in Behind the Green Door, <laughs> and he says, uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you feel about that? He says, well, Jim, he says, I only have one thing to ask you. If it's so goddamn bad, why the hell were you there? What were you doing there? <laughs> and of course, he didn't have an answer. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Charles, thanks. Well, we'll get back to something else from Charles. Lance is with us, and Lance, how you doing today? He needs to unmute. He's still on mute. There you go. There we go. All right. There you go. Anyway, um, last time I was in Frisco, uh, the thing I remember most was my car rental uh, 
got broken into and they stole all my luggage. I'm yeah. sure I'm the only one that's happened to, right, guys, <laughs> from San Francisco? I'm sure I'm the only one, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like they're, uh, they're big export to uh, foreigners from other states. Anyway, I um, was wondering, uh, John, Jerry, um, what actresses did you particularly enjoy working with? And I don't know if you would mind sharing maybe some you don't, didn't work with or, you know, whatever. Well, well uh, back in the day, uh, the ones that I really enjoyed working with were the actresses, uh, the gals that really, really were actresses. They could act. Uh, and I think Howie will back me up on that. Uh, people such as Georgina Spelvin, uh, Jesse St. James, Jane Hamilton, who goes by another name. I can't think of it off the top of my head right Veronica now. Veronica Hart. That's it. That's the one. Right. Um, and they were really, they were fantastic. I loved working with Marilyn, of course, but I would not put her in the great actress category at all. Where would you put Kay Parker in that genre as far as actresses? Uh, was she right, right at the very top. Right really? at the very top. Yep. Yep, but what I really, about, like, if you weren't really enamored or you weren't really sexually attracted to them? Did that have an impact on anything? Yeah. Or did you, you be attracted to all of them? I mean, I don't know. No, I wasn't. There were a few, especially later in my career, that um, it wasn't happening for. And you just got into your own head. And you got through the scene because that's why you were there. Get through the scene. Do the job. And so that's what we did. But for... Out of the 15 years, I would say 12 of them, I never had that issue. Never wow. had that issue at all. That's impressive. Were there, yeah. were there some actresses you prefer to get, you know, have uh, sex with than others? Oh, yeah. There were some great people. Lily Marlene was fantastic. I mean, she was just, uh, she was very open. She's a great gal. Uh, I really liked her. Uh, I worked with Nina a lot. Uh, hmm. she, she was great, uh, except we worked together too often, too wow. often. It, then it became, oh, geez, no, not again. No. Why, why don't you just run one of our old scenes, you know? <laughs> but, um, and Nina and I are still friends to this day. Sharon Mitchell, I can't say enough about Sharon. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch is a very, very, very dear friend. She's and, down uh, to earth. I met her a couple of times in Boston. She's very down to earth. Yep, yep. She's living now up in Oregon and uh, is writing her autobiography and um, living the good life. Let me ask you, Jerry, just a curiosity question. I mean, and I don't want to put you in a compromising position or anything, but care to comment on uh, what Ron Jeremy's done, gone through, you know about him, whatever, anything? Just curious. Well, I worked with Ron on a number of uh, shoots, and uh, that was in the early days. And uh, what's come out about him now, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have any of that at that time because that wasn't the run. It wasn't the hedgehog that we all knew. Um, since that time, there have been rumors. I've heard the rumors for a long time. And they're rumors. That's it. That's all you can say because I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, I wish him the best. And if he did those <laughs> things, he should... He should pay the price. He should pay the price. With the rest of his life, huh? Well, I don't know about the rest of his life, but he, he certainly should cop to what he did and, and serve the consequence. Yeah. 
I agree. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Appreciate the uh, info. Good. And good, good talking to you. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. And check out the Rialto report. One thing I'll, I'll tell a quick story about, um, about John and, uh, and Sharon is um, um, John, you called me one day. I think it was after I sent you the satisfactions poster. I think it was, man, it was two or three, four years ago, even. And uh, we had a good talk on the phone and, and I kind of connected with you about Sharon because I was trying to get her autograph and, and uh, he said, oh, man, you know, now may, may be a good time and da da da. And I said, you know, hey, what's going on? And he said, you know, that's between me and Sharon. I just soon not talk about it. And so um, I, I respected that. And we just kind of went on with another conversation or whatever. And, and so anyway, now I've kind of connected with Sharon on a bunch of different things. And, and she says, well, I'm sure Jerry's told you all about it. I said, no, he didn't. I said, that was one thing that um, he said was between you and him. And I, I let it go, and he let it go, and that was that. And he, she said, you know, that's what a good friend he is. And really it was, you know, you weren't going to smear her business out in the neighborhood. And, and, um, and that's, that's what good friends do is, is they're secret keepers. And if there's a secret that needs to be kept, then, then keep the secret. And I really, she appreciated that so much. If she wasn't taking care of horses today, she'd be on here. But uh, she's gotta, she'd be she's sitting got, right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a, a horse emergency this afternoon. So, hey, uh, Aaron is with us from Florida. And Aaron's had quite of a active weekend with uh, his Facebook situation, but he's back here. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about the Facebook situation other than the fact that I'm going to enjoy the new account and... Sorry, I had to send everybody a, another face request, uh, Facebook request. I had about, I don't know, six to ten people private message me, text me, make sure it was me and that I didn't get hacked. And, uh, again, Howie, thank you very much for uh, putting up with that, brother, because I know you sent me a message, and I wanted to guarantee you it was me. And, yeah, I... I don't know what Facebook's doing when it comes to their community standard laws, but they really do need to start changing some stuff up. All right, so um, now, sorry about that. Lead into you, John, I do apologize, but I've got a couple of people in here that was involved in all of that, and I just wanted to apologize to them. Um, one thing I had noticed, John, is that uh, you were in Amanda by Night, and yes. I know you were talking about uh, Veronica Hart, Jane Hamilton, and I just thought if you could uh, share anything from that movie, highlights working with her, what have you, um, I think that that would be very interesting because I know that that was one of the bigger films that you were in. Well, I think um, it was a good film. It was a great film. I really enjoyed it. Um, and they actually had a script. They actually did rehearsal. Um, the producer, the, the main guy that I knew was Ted Paramore, um, and it was uh, photographed, the cinematographer was Gary Graber, who I became good friends with. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed, enjoyed the picture. They, they took time to really develop character, and it wasn't just, it wasn't like a sex film, you know? They, they wanted to tell a story, and they told the story. And uh, I have nothing good but good to say about uh, Amanda by Night. It was uh, great fun. And Janie, Janie was absolutely incredible. She's a very, very gifted actress. There's no two ways about that. And uh, 
did you have a chance to like i'm i'm sure you probably worked with him before in that movie and probably others but um what was it like to work with robert kerman oh bobby was he was a great guy in fact uh it went way beyond that because we did several films together and then through um uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, James Sullivan, uh, who was helping um, uh, Bobby Kerman in the latter part of his life, uh, he'd go over and take care of his cats and do this thing, pick up his laundry, do whatever for him. Um, mm -hmm. He took me over to see uh, Bobby when I was in New York. Uh, after I'd left the business, I was working the trade show industry, he said, you want to go uh, hang out with Bob for a while? I said, sure, I'd love to. And uh, so I went over there, and we visited. And he was, you could tell he was fading. He was definitely fading. But he was still the same guy. The thing about um, Kerman is that he was a very, very gifted actor. And he just didn't do X. He did a lot of, you know, off-Broadway. And he was uh, mainstream. Yeah, he, and he did some mainstream films. Uh, he was a fine, fine, fine gentleman uh, on the screen and off the screen. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I would have loved to have met him. So thank you for that insight. Oh, my pleasure. One, one of the things, uh, two things, is I didn't realize that I'd seen you before in a movie until I watched the movie 10. Uh, I didn't know you are in that movie. Uh, yes, I was, <laughs> and uh, and a takeoff of that called Eleven. <laughs> but uh, Ten was Ten was very interesting. It was basically put together by Annette Haven, um, and I won't go further into Annette because uh, I choose not to. But um, uh, she got a whole bunch of us down there, uh, some notables like uh, myself, uh, Blair. Um, Let's see, who else was on that? Uh, Candida Royale was there with us. Oh, geez, quite a few people. And uh, it was a very interesting shoot. Uh, I have a very, very uh, great photograph of Blake Edwards hanging on my wall um, that I took uh, with all of his henchmen. Uh, that was fun. And Dudley Moore, Dudley was a really, really fabulous dude. He would, they, they, he insisted in his contract, he had to have a piano wherever he went. Whatever set he was on, a piano had to be there. And uh, he had a very strange dietary uh, regimen. And when he had a break, Dudley would go over to the piano and start playing. Everybody starts singing. We had a great time. <laughs> uh, even before that, I saw you before that. Um, I was pawing around my, my father's Playboy collection. All of a sudden, I found a videotape, and it was a Betamax, and on it was it was the movie Deep Throat, but back in those days, he put uh, a couple previews on it, and the first one up was uh, a Harry Reams movie called Meatballs, and then the next one was a Joey Silvera movie called Expensive Taste, and the third preview on it was Little Girls Blue, so I actually saw you in Little Girls Blue, uh, the, the highlight reel. Right. That, I don't have too much recollection of that at all. But, well, that was uh, 1978. I, I, I do have, that's about as much recollection as I have of it because that's, I found that. So anyway, I, I don't think I... Tomorrow Morgan. Tomorrow Morgan. Ah. Was the star. 
I Martin Morgan, you remember her? Sure. I, I know the name. Yeah, I remember was, uh, the name. She was lovers with a guy in the tubes. And uh, this was her big movie star event, and uh, she was one and gone. Well, she, she didn't. Was she with, was she with Fee Waybill? Who? Of the tubes? I Faye don't know the guy's Weibier. name. I, ah, I, mean, uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah. So I used to see the tubes all the time on Polk Street years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And for some reason, every time I turn around at my desk, I've got the movie Inside Desiree Cousteau, and you were in that as well. Right. And uh, Desi was, she was great fun. You know, how, and how anybody, you? anybody that says that, she, that her name was Desi was what she was, she was not. She was not a dumb idiot at all. And that's the way they like to portray her, and she was not that at all. In fact, I think she went on and, and had a very... Uh, illustrious uh, educational career yeah. wherever the hell she went. She but, did. She did. Hey, uh, Eric Monty is here, and Eric is a, a veteran of the blue screen, and you might say. So, Eric, how are we doing today? Let me unmute. I'm fine. There you go. Yeah, I was in from, to the other guys, I was in from 83 to 99. I started ah. mostly around your years, uh, John. I, mm -hmm. I don't think... I don't think we ever ran across each other, though. No, I was mostly New York. I did a lot of West Coast stuff for a while, but I was always in Philadelphia. Then I went up to New York, but, uh, ah. you know, so. I was a school teacher, by the way, so talking about weird transitions and segues. So, you know, I'm a history teacher, <laughs> which is in itself. But otherwise, no, a couple of names I recognize, John, that you mentioned. Because I did a, I did a threesome with Lily Marlene and, um, and Nina Hartley in uh, Fashion Fantasy in New York. In New York. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, knew both of them very well. And yeah. said Howie. Howie knew them, too. It was a good day at the office when they showed up. One yeah, you know that. One other thing, one of the girls from my hometown was uh, Sharon. That ties you right. Ties you right comes from Philly. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember her. She was yeah, I do. I do. Excellent, excellent. Hey, David Mejia is here. And, David, how are we doing today? Have to unmute yeah. There you go. Doing good. Just uh, bearing the heat, California heat. Man. <laughs> um, I guess my question is, um, I've been seeing like a well, getting into the like knowing the industry and everything. I've been seeing like a lot of um, the classic films, and it shows that they're acting a lot more than just straight to the sex scene, as opposed to like what you see now. It's like very minimal acting. And they just try to rush it into the sex scene. Um, I think, like, do you think the way the industry is, they're never going to get back into that whole like storytelling mode? I doubt it very seriously. Uh, I don't. I don't see that day ever coming back. A lot of it has to do with the money. Uh, a lot of a lot of it has to do with the people uh, in the industry now. Um, I can't speak for the ladies in the industry, um, but I don't see any any heavy acting uh, on the male side at all. And I don't see the directors. I don't see the producers that are even interested in this. Uh, they were out there for the quick buck. Shoot a quick video, get it out there, get your money, and move on to the next one. I think Howie would agree. Well, we're certainly passing through that phase, but we're hit a place where video has uh, enabled 
many people to make films that wouldn't have been making films in our era because of the cost. So there's a lot of niche marketing. Uh, there's a woman named Erica Lust, Ex-Confessions. Now this is um, a continuation in many ways of Candida Royale. She has a feminist point of view. She's very sensitive to racial issues. She's very sensitive to gender issues and power issues and artistic issues. Um, my son is just produced and directed and written a film for her um, called Estate Sale Pleasure Hunt. And it's like next generation porn stuff is happening there. And, act, and Nina Hartley actually does a cameo in it. Um, and in that, in that niche, acting is a factor. Uh, how much money they make and whether they can continue making them, we'll see. But uh, money does make that world go around. And well, I, def I definitely would check that out for sure because uh, Candace with uh, with Fem Productions, uh, she set the, 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 the she made that whole part of the industry. Industry, there's no doubt about that. She, she made invented it for the it. women. Yeah. yeah, it was all her. Well, it was interesting before her. Um, there was this move you would see in some of the films that John and I were in, directed by a woman, female porn. And they advertising would go after a couple's market. The reality of those films is that they weren't any different than the come-in-the-face normal shit that porn was making. Right. Uh, but they, th they thought they could make a few extra bucks by saying directed by a woman. And I'll continue if you'll uh, enable me, because it's on the set of one of those is where I met John Martin. I was in my <laughs> fifth movie a raw rookie, having difficult times being in these movies, but getting work because I could act. So I'm in a movie called Candy Goes to Hollywood, and I'm playing Chuck Bearass for Chuck Barris. And my sex scene is with uh, uh, Connors. Carol Connors? Carol Connors. Carol Connors. And our sex scene is this. At the end of the gong show, uh, there is a scene where they have, there's a routine that they always do each show. So Carol Connors was actually working on the gong show in real life. And this, this movie was a spoof of that. And in the scene where I was to have sex with her, she stuck her head out of the curtains, and all you could see was her head in the curtains. And behind the curtains, I'm supposed to fuck her from behind. Okay, um, that's the scene. We go to shoot. It's a very full set. It's a whole television production with all the extras and this and that. Big scene, big movie. Big pressure on Howie. <laughs> Carol Connors that day, when I met her on the set, didn't even stop to say hello. Nothing. No hello from Carol Connors. Big star, Carol Connors. She was big, too. Carol Connors was the AAU powerlifting champion uh, for the Big Ten, I think. And she was married to or Mickey, not Mickey Hargitay, uh, Jack something. But he was, they were like Jane Mansfield and Mickey Hargitay of porn. Two big people, both of them weightlifters, and they were better than everybody else, and they were the stars, so I got no hello, and uh, I'm supposed to fuck her. Uh, just, and it's the only movie I ever worked in where I had a fluffer. And the fluffer was on the rag that day. That, that didn't help much either. The fluffer got me hard. And Carol was standing there bending over with her head on the other side of the curtains. I'm supposed to just walk up and fuck her. 
Well, I got hard. I stick it in Carol. <laughs> I go back to the fluffer, get it up again, go back, stick it in Carol. I'm sorry. I can't fuck a woman that won't say hello to me. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not capable of it. And I'm in hell. I'm fucking in hell going back and forth between the fluffer and her. And uh, finally, panic hits. And once panic says hello, forget it. There's no Viagra. There's no Cialis. There's just you and your dick in hell. And I'm in it. Okay. The director was supposed to be a woman, Gail Palmer, but the real director was Harry Money, who was the hey, producer. Gail and Palmer never directed a thing in her life. She's on the credits. She went and did all the interviews. Gail Palmer. I know that. I know right, that. Harry, Harry Money was the director. So they break for lunch, and they call John Martin. John Martin comes in about half an hour later, rushes down to the studio in San Francisco. I have to take off my entire costume down to my wedding ring. <laughs> and he dresses up in my costume. And they go to pick up the shot, and Harry Money elbows me in a rib and says, watch how a pro does it. <laughs> John gets it up, gets it in. Gets it off. Five minutes. He's a hero. But if you remember, Howie, I said to uh, Harry Money beforehand, I said, I will not do this. I will not do it. Howie and I are going to have a little conversation offset here because I, would, I, I didn't feel comfortable. I had to have your blessing beforehand. You oh, you had my blessing. blessing and my prayers and my gratitude, man. That's right, and we, you gave me the blessing, I went out and did the job, and that was it. But the only part of the story you have wrong is, I was working a railroad job. The guys went to lunch, I got on the engine, and I drove up to Bob, <laughs> Bob Bossy's studio. Right. I, I took it to Bob Bossy's studio, because right. I knew you guys were working. I said, I'll go say hello to a couple of friends. And you I did, on, uh, said hello you to you. You came on the train, you took the train? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. It's against the freaking law, oh. you know? But, and that's when uh, the rest of your story is accurate. But, Boy, uh, the backstage of that would be better than the movie. No, no kidding. Should have done should have taken Carol up on the goddamn uh, train and, and done it there. <laughs> uh, having sex with Carol Connors, I'd rather go to the dentist. Oh, my God. Well, I don't have too many good things on the Rialto report to say about her. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's go to Mark. I want to, I want to add one Mark, other yeah. thing about John, one other observation. Sure. John, what is your fighting weight? About 140 pounds? Uh, no, not even that. Uh, I'm about, I was about 135. All right, so he's 135 uh, pounds. What are you, 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, I used to be 5'8", okay. but I got this uh, damn osteoporosis, and I've lost four inches. All so right. I'm down to 5'4 I'm down to now. So. so here you have essentially a junior welterweight. Well, his voice, if you would just hear his voice without seeing his body, his voice is 6'2 and about 2'10. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Howie. Appreciate that. Hey, Mark. What's going on today? Hey, how's it going, Patrick? Good to see you, buddy. You bet. Yeah, how you doing, John? Good to see you, man. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I met you on uh, Facebook a while. Well, God. Had to be three, four years ago. We were uh, a group of us were talking about the movie Hot Rackets. Uh -huh. I was talking about that scene with you and um, Chris Cassidy, and you chimed in, and we started talking after that. We became buddies on Facebook after that. But uh, 
Uh, my question for you is, I was always curious, why, who was your favorite co-star? Did you have one? Most of my favorite co-stars were not women. Okay. They were, they were men. Okay. I absolutely loved working with my dear friend John Leslie, uh, okay. Howie, of course, Jamie Gillis, um, um, we get the right name, um, Mike Horner, uh, Joey Silvera, Herschel Savage. We would get out there. We just, we just have a good time. That's it all like it was. It, it seemed like a, it was a good time, you know. And uh, then we did a movie, you know. That's what it came down to. But yeah. um, as far as the women, I think I've talked uh, previously in, in this uh, little get together uh, about some of the women. Uh, Georgina Spelman was a favorite. Um, Jane Hamilton was. Um, Jesse St. James was dynamite and the directors the, the directors that I love working with was uh, Anthony Spinelli let me tell you they didn't come any better he yeah. was the very very best his and movie Howie, always fantastic and Howie will agree with me on that one yeah <laughs> I bet he bet so well I hope you're staying safe with all this coronavirus crap uh, yeah basically stands down here <laughs> Just staying home, staying home. That's the well, whole deal. I work in a grocery store, so I don't stay at home. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Well, I hope I, I hope you got all the PPE and the gloves and everything you need. Oh, I do. I do. And plus, I'm taking zinc daily, so <laughs> it helps a little you. bit. Yeah, it keeps a little bit of fire in the pistol too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, good enough, Mark. Thanks for stopping by. All right, man. Good to see y'all. You bet. Hey, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. No, no, I mean uh, John. Uh, There's the other John. Other John. There's another John. i got to have him unmute. John with a wet shirt, and uh, he's got like a fan blowing in. You're still not on, bub. He's unmuted. He's still muted. Yeah, I'm asking him to unmute. Uh... No, he's still muted. That looks like he's froze up. There you go. There you go. Hey, John. Oh, still can't hear you. No, I, I still can't. Still can't hear you. Anyway, he's going to be talking. Anyway, Lance, let's go to you. What's what's up there? Jerry, just a quick question. Uh, <clears throat> you ever been married? Uh, yes. Yes. Soon to be you're divorced. Okay, you're divorced. Uh, I was just wondering, just curious, because being in the business that you were in, um, did that have kind of an odd effect on uh, just regular relationships, you think, or was she out of the business as well? Uh, she was out of the business, um, definitely. Uh, I was only married after I got out of the business. Uh, I had several girlfriends that were not in the business and generally – uh, the truth was not told. Uh, oh, where are you going? Oh, I got to go make a commercial. And I was, I was going to doing it. I was doing a film. You know, that's what it was. But I, I figured there, there was no woman in creation that was going to uh, go along with it. If I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, do a porn film and I got to fuck this chick. So uh, that was never brought up. Uh, and, and I dated several uh, gals within the bin business. Uh, Linda Wong was one. Uh, mm. Constance Money was another. Um, 
and uh, I had some very, very good relationships. I had one, uh, her name will go unnamed, uh, how he knows who she is. Um, but um, Was she in the business or out of the business? No, she was, she was not a performer in the business, not okay. at all. So, um, but we were together for eight years. She wow. knew what I, she and I, she knew exactly what I did. And it was never a secret because I came to a point where I said, you know, this is bullshit. You can't keep doing this. They just tell them what, what's up. If they can handle it, fine. If they can't, that's fine too. Hmm. But Thank I'm you. married now. I'm married now. Have been for twenty plus years, but um, we'd be going through. Uh, we're gonna split up, go to a divorce. So that's it. So I'll be on my own, and uh, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Any kids? Uh, no, 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 okay. no chillins, no chillins. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's uh, that's one thing I did see in the reality report. Is you left. Uh, pretty much kind of the same way Richard Pacheco did uh, the AIDS scare and the other stuff. That kind of said, well, okay, well, I'm out. Yep, yeah, that's true. Uh, of course, I lived in San Francisco, as we previously discussed. Uh, I was in the Castro on Dolores Street. And I can't tell you the times uh, I'd be on Castro, maybe go have a cocktail or a meal. And, uh, you know, I'd see these guys in wheelchairs, and they had scarcoma. And, uh, oh, they just looked absolutely terrible. Um, and I said, no, 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 no. Time, time to get out. Time to get out. You put in 18 years, dude. You know, right. what more can you, what more can you do? There's no had, more to do. Right. Had that not come about, how long would you have stayed? Or was that about, were you at about the end of the rope anyway? Or uh, I was about the end of it. I would still do, um, if they asked me, even today, uh, I would go in and I'd do a non-acting role or non-sex role, um, straight acting. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, but um, they don't make films like that anymore. We talked yeah. about a film that should be made is, is uh, a retirement home, and you had kind of a script written up for that. Uh, yeah, I did, uh, uh, thanks to uh, Joey Silvera. Joey, Joey had the script. Oh, and okay. it, was all, it was all about... Uh, old porn stars in a retirement facility <laughs> and the stories that they would tell about the old days and you'd come in and we'd be all decrepit on wheelchairs and this thing and that thing and the other and um, some of the, the gals would come in and they'd be haggard and not looking like they used to and uh, but it <laughs> never came never came to a fruition i think joey actually wrote a half-assed script about it but that was the end of it that would have been fun because you could have also gone back to archival footage on that. You know, I yeah. remember. And, and then oh, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, Howie, um, have a couple. Howie would, have been, Howie would have been there. Herschel, uh, Rob Everett. Oh, my God. It was Jamie probably at one time. Of course, that would change the whole scenario right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that sounds like that would have been a good, uh, good movie. Uh, let's go back to Patrick. Uh, just found out that his father was from from Iowa, and we knew where uh, where he lived. That was kind of a cool little discussion there we had earlier. Yeah, yeah. And John, I'm in San Francisco as well, and for for a time I lived on Dolores Street as well. 
So it was interesting reading your Rialto report um, about how your parents met and that your father worked in a butcher shop in the Castro, correct? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's very interesting. <laughs> hey, he used to uh, sell uh, meat uh, to my mother, and um, uh, he would be on the fire escape, and he saw her walking down Castro, and he thought that she was pretty good-looking broad. And so uh, they hooked up a, a relationship and eventually got married, and here I come. <laughs> this is a great story. Now, how did um, you, you had mentioned that it was a, a friend of your father's who kind of uh, let your father know that he had seen you in Behind the Green Door. How did your parents generally react once the cat was out of the bag? Well, um, my mother never knew anything. Hmm. As far as I know, that may not be accurate. But as far as I know, she didn't know nothing. Uh, my dad did. It was never spoken of. Never spoken of after that. But I did know that he had gone to this guy, Jimmy, and said, uh, well, if it was so terrible, why the hell were you there? You know? <laughs> uh, it's not that he was sticking up for me, but he was saying, if this is such a bad thing, what's up? Right, you know? right. Now, you grew up Catholic? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, uh, it, interesting uh, side note is that I was actually in the uh, seminary uh, for a year. But I was more enamored with the ball field and uh, uh, <laughs> the beautiful area that I was in, um, which is down close to where I live now. And, um, you know, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a different tra trajectory there it sounds like yeah indeed <laughs> well i like the fact that you're very respectful of your co-stars and that you don't speak ill of others so you know it's it shows your professionalism in the industry and i appreciate that yeah I, that's the only way i can be uh there are people within the industry that have spoken ill um i don't want to go there and um, those people I don't have any respect for whatsoever. Well, I appreciate that. All right. Anybody else have a question? Just raise your hand and I'll, I'll get to you on the, the thing that lands. Let's come back to you. Jerry, just a quick question. You want to follow in the footsteps of Howie Gordon and uh, start writing books, become a world famous author? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, I, I will say one thing, Howie, from what I understand, Howie, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, uh, you had a diary of every goddamn film you were ever in. Smart. So you had, you had a, lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of area to fall back on and, and remember these great stories. I never did that. I never did it. I lived a life, but uh, none of it was chronicled. And um, it, it's because of uh, your chronicling and the... <laughs> Uh, the memos and uh, the books, everything else. Now we have hindsight. That's the reason we have hindsight. Uh, another person that did uh, much the same thing was my good friend Bob Chin, who I worked with on many, many, many occasions hmm. um, uh, to the Johnny Wad series and things. And um, he always killed me off every <laughs> damn film. He's got to kill me off. But uh, I, I, I said to someone not long ago, I said, well, what the hell was he going to do? You don't think he was going to kill off uh, John Holmes, do you? <laughs> of course not. 
I said, but remember, remember one thing. He may have killed me off. I always got Linda Wong. <laughs> <laughs> How was it working with John? Uh, it was working fine with him. I mean, uh, in the early days, those early days, it was very, very fine. And we did Swedish erotica together. Uh, John was a stand-up guy. Um, you would never know that he was the John that he became. Uh, it was not unusual to see him go out to the grip truck and start unloading equipment and bring it into the set. Uh, that was John. Um, anything to make the film better. But as the years wore down, uh, he got heavier and heavier into the substances, and it, it, it did not bode him well, let's put it that way. Right, right. Well, that's just one of those deals. I, I remember one of the last interviews, they actually the Rialto report found candy samples before she passed away. And she's, she had some, some dementia issues, and, and they asked her about John, and she just said, he was just such a confused young man, and uh, that might have been probably a good example of that. Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else with a question? Eric, we'll go to you. Yep, we'll unmute you. There you go. Let's unmute you. John, John, you mentioned that you were in the seminary for a year. The, uh, what was that again? You mentioned you were in the seminary for a year. What's funny about that is when I first saw you, I thought you looked like an Irish priest. <laughs> uh, I yeah, to, I, I was never I went that. To Jesuit University. So I went well, to Jesuit University. <laughs> well, I, I went to high school at uh, a high school called Reardon in San Francisco. And uh, they were, uh, the brothers there were Salesians. And... Yeah. Um, I was very enamored with that, and uh, they. I went to the Salesian Cemetery down in Watsonville, and it was a lovely, lovely facility. Uh, they had a farm. Uh, they had their own cattle. They butchered the own, their own cattle. They had. Oh, it was. It was really great. But it was more that the facility was great than I was great for the facility. One, one more question, John. I agreed with you 100%. You made an observation that I realized that I felt the same way you did. I enjoyed acting with the actresses the most. And I'm trying, it just dawned on me that I agreed with you. I never thought of it. I wonder why that is. It's, I really enjoyed working with the girls that were good actresses. Well, there's, uh, there's very few now. No, uh, I know, but I enjoyed working. But back in my day, there, there were some very, very fine women that acted in films. Uh, they were dynamite, and it was always a pleasure uh, when I was cast in a film, and I knew I was going to be working with somebody that was of that caliber. But I enjoyed working with them, as you, as you said, as well. I'm wondering why that was, you know? I mean, I wonder why the chemistry seemed better. It just dawned on me when you said that. Well, you have to go back um, in my history. Um, during, during a period of time, I got a job working in summer stock. Uh, at the Colony Summer Theater in Latham, New York. That was my first ex experience with uh, professional theater. And uh, you did everything. You worked in the producer's office. You sold tickets in the box office. You painted scenery. You worked in the sound department. You got a little acting thing here or there if you could. Beyond that, after that, uh, I went to New York because I decided I wanted to become an actor. Uh, that was what I wanted to do. 
and did some off-Broadway, studied with Uta Hagen, uh, several other people, was working with the National Repertory Theater, um, uh, which is a theater a repertory that uh, Eva Le Gallien uh, yeah. founded years and years and years ago. And um, I, I, I stayed in New York for a while and uh, then eventually went on the road. I did road companies of cabaret, Fiddler on the Roof, um, and it was a great life. I, I really enjoyed it. And so if you come from something like that, even if you get into the adult industry, when you get a chance to work with a, a woman or a guys, it doesn't make any difference. Guys or girls, it doesn't make a difference. If they're Enjoy. good actors, if they're good performers, that's what you look forward to. I took, I took method acting for a couple of years. That's philosophy method. And, uh, you know, I know what you're talking about. Thanks. Great. I would Thanks. comment on that. When a person has some training as an actress or an actor and they're on camera, they're not terrified to the degree a novice is terrified. So you're working with someone who knows, who doesn't know what they're doing. And they're really frightened and they're trying to hide their fear. And it plays all through their performance down to the sex because you're dealing with a really insecure person who is being judged and everybody's seeing her and it's just they're one down in that situation. If somebody at least has the, the, the balls, if you forgive the term, that to be in front of people and performing, it's one less thing to overcome uh, in the adult business. And for, for me, I used to be terrified of acting before I ever gotten in the business. I, that was scary enough to me to be a performer. But what happened when I got in a porn set is that I got so frightened of the sex that acting was where I shined. All of a sudden, I was Lawrence Olivier because I wanted to keep doing that, not do the sex. Eventually, well, I learned I how. I think one of the best things you ever did, Howie, was nothing to hide. Thank you, sir. Yeah. You were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, if I'm correct, I think you uh, based that character on a member of your family. Yeah, and, it uh, wasn't like I had to work very hard. I, thought, I grew up with an uncle. He was like a, a big brother to me when I was born. And then we were the same age for a while. And then I became his big brother. And right. uh, playing that part was like my blood. It was nothing I had to study. And you chronicle that in your latest book, which I really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Thank you very much. Great. Hey, David. Uh, David posted a question, but he might as well just ask it himself. Go ahead, David. Uh, um, I just had a question. Have any of the older performers thought about uh, starting up like a production company to try to bring that acting back into the industry? Uh, I don't know if they're thinking about bringing the acting back. Um, there are there is one person that I think of uh, in that vein that could do that if he so choose, and that is PT. Um, he definitely could do that, and he's very very well connected um, to be able to do it. All right, good enough. Thank you, David. Uh, one thing that, of course, we are an autograph group, and um, I've got several autographs that John has signed for me. Uh, Tara in our group has, and I know. Uh, uh, Richard Pacheco has seen her photos, and so has John. They're just wonderful what she's done with these editing of these old-time photos of you guys. And uh, uh, we can work something out where if, if uh, John doesn't want to put his address out there, people can always send it to me. I can send them on to John if they want to get signed. But um, they're just wonderful, wonderful um, uh, 
photos that she's done and, and just hit her up on on Facebook and I'm sure she can get you a copy or one of one or two of them for them to sign. Is she doing screen grabs? Is that what they are? Yeah, yeah. But they're such high quality. They're amazing. Yeah. Well, Howie, I think what she does is she takes them and then puts them in Photoshop and really works with them and brings out the best because I've never I, seen anyone do it that, that well. Yeah. Uh, she's great. She's dynamite. And I don't know if you've spoken with her. I no, have. And, and she's her. a dynamite, dynamite person. She's very, very good friends with Rob Everett. Very well, good I've friends. I've enjoyed her very much in chatting on the Internet, but not, right. not in voice yet. Right, right. Well, she had, you know, when I created the new account on Facebook, she got in touch with Rob and she says, is this guy real, you know, uh, or is this some fake guy? Right, right, right. And uh, so we went through that whole routine, and, uh, but she's, she's a great lady and does great stuff. Yeah, so anyway, those are out there. She'd be more than happy to, to send you one, and, and then you can print it up a photo mat and have it sent out. So, and she's, uh, I, I always tease her, she's, she's a bit shy. I said, my God, Tara, you must watch a lot of porn. And I, I can just see her at home going, oh, yes. Pat, feel, feel free if they want to contact you, you. You can have them get in touch with me. I have sure. no problem with that. Okay. All right. Well, I always certainly like to keep people, you know, I don't want to just, hey, he lives on 7th Street, you know, that type of thing. So, But uh, right. I like to keep people's private stuff private. Um, and if, if you notice in our database, uh, all the addresses that we have, they've, the entertainer has given permission, or they're usually post office boxes at their, their mailbox address. Um, uh -huh. Next week, don't forget, next week we have Portia Lynn as our guest. I know that's going to be a, a very nice one, and uh, Portia will take all your questions. She's, uh, she signs autographs, and she does a lot of different things, and uh, she was there kind of in the, the mid-'80s. Uh, John, did you ever know Portia Lynn? Oh, yes, very well. Uh, because she used to be, well, she was one of the founding members of the Pink Ladies um, and was very, very close friends with Nina, uh, Angel Kelly, and um, Porcelain was right there, right there with them. Excellent, excellent. So, and uh, our, our buddy John, we try to get to unmute. We're going to make sure next week he's heard because he's going to have a lot of good questions too. So, he just, it was his first time on Zoom, so he was kind of a rookie. So, anyway, next time. We'll make sure he gets a question in. So, anyway, uh, John, anything else you want to say for the good of the cause? Well, uh, one thing, uh, going back to the days of Behind the Green Door and the Mitchell Brothers, uh, there's a woman by the name of, uh, well, her real name is Joanne. I don't know her last name. Uh, she has a book uh, about the Mitchell Brothers. If you want to know what happened at the O'Farrell, get this book. I don't have the title off the top of my head. You can find it. Her uh, pen name is Corday, C-O-R-D-A-Y. Simone. Um, Simone. Simone. That's it. And uh, it's a fascinating story. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. Have you read it, Howie? Yes, I have. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, there's a sequel to it, too, that she's done. She's a good writer, and it's a good story. And uh, yeah. she, she was there. You know, she, oh, yeah. was lover, she was lovers with the, one of the Mitchell brothers, so she has the, ins, the inside story of it. You got that right. Okay. All right. Well, until next week, we want to thank everybody for stopping by, especially a big thanks to John for uh, 
uh, being a part of this. And it took a little, little bit for us to get to this point, but we I knew we'd get it, John. Oh, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.